There was a story in the paper recently about a woman whose husband paid off her very substantial student loan debt. She had told him about it before they got married, and shortly after the wedding, he admitted to always wanting to pay it off because of how much it stressed her. We don't often think about forgiveness like that, but that's a gift no one could repay. Today we're more concerned with getting justice than granting forgiveness. Welcome to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp. Here, we hope you'll find answers to some of life's everyday struggles. You can learn more by visiting simpletruthsforlife.org. Being forgiven should elicit a proper response. And today, Charles Tapp shares what that response should be when we realize we've all been forgiven. In his message, The Road to Forgiveness. Her name is Winifred Potenza. She lives in Santa Rosa, California. Her oldest son, Jonathan, who was 21, along with his fiance, had just recently moved to Santa Rosa from New York City in 1989. But late one evening, as fate would have it, they were both killed by a drunk driver who was on the road that same night. As you can imagine, his mom's grief was inconsolable. The district attorney in her town decided to charge the drunken driver with murder. And this would be the first drunken driver fatality to be prosecuted as murder in her particular county. The 20-year-old driver, who was also stricken by grief himself, pleaded himself guilty and waived his right to a trial. Potenza was instructed to avoid any contact with this young man as well as any member of his family. And when the judge finally sentenced the young man, whose name was William, by the way, he sentenced him to 15 years to life. Potenza, she said, saw for the first time that he was not the monster that she had envisioned him to be. And it was at this time she thought to herself, this isn't right in spite of what has happened. It's just not right because he is someone's son. And there's a mother that loves him just as much as I loved my son. It was at that moment she discovered that this was not some cruel crime, but rather it was simply a tragic accident. And in that moment, Potenza rose from her seat, walked across the courtroom, and proceeded to give William, the one responsible for her son's death, a tremendous hug. For it was then that she finally realized that she had forgiven William. And he would, she would later not only be his friend, but his strongest advocate. Forgiveness, she later said, helped her heal. But William would later say himself that having been forgiven also helped him heal. Potenza began to visit William on a regular basis and to make a long story short, she worked tirelessly to, to have his charge reduced to manslaughter. 
Her efforts would later pay off when it was discovered that William had not signed the documents that waived his right to a trial by jury and the court threw out his conviction and she remained and still is his friend to this very day. What an awesome testimony to the power of genuine forgiveness. But how many of us would be able to say that we would be able to respond as did Winifred Potenza? How many of us would be able to demonstrate such an incredible act of forgiveness? For far too many of us, we are challenged with forgiving our brothers and sisters for the most trivial of offenses, such as someone denting our car, or someone taking our place in line, or, or maybe someone taking the seat that we normally have on Sabbath. We think it's ours, but our name is nowhere to be found on it. But many of us are not ready to demonstrate forgiveness of that magnitude. And sad as it may be, we live in a world today that has distorted Jesus' golden rule, which says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And we have flipped the golden rule on its head to say, do unto others, then split. In other words, just do what you can, but don't wait around to see the ramifications of your actions. For our society today is driven by a culture that believes in the saying, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Mahatma Gandhi once said that if we practice that philosophy literally, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, before you know it, the entire world would be blind and toothless. And oh, how true that is. But this morning, for the next few moments, I invite you to go on a journey with me as we travel along the road of forgiveness. I invite you to turn with me to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 7, verses 36 to verse 38, as we read. Word of God says, then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat, talking about Jesus. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil, verse 38, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And the Bible says, and she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now, I hope you have allowed your imagination to capture this scene. For Jesus, who has chosen, first of all, to be at the home of a Pharisee, and that in and of itself was big news. Secondly, this woman was not just any woman. The Bible calls her a sinner. In essence, this was a, a woman of ill repute a lady of the evening, and she was at the feet of Jesus. 
And if that wasn't bad enough, in order to dry his feet that have now been dampened by her own tears, Scripture says that she lets down her hair, something a respectable Jewish woman would never do in public. And she does not stop there, for the Bible says she takes her hair and begins to wipe Jesus' feet. By now, if they haven't noticed her, they do because the oil and the fragrance, the olive oil mixed with the perfume is now going throughout the entire room. Look at verse 39 of Luke 7. Look at what it says. Now, when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, talking about the Pharisee, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Now, I don't know about you. Normally, I wouldn't side with a Pharisee, but I can understand how he must have felt. First of all, Jesus, he was the guest at this Pharisee's house, not The woman, she just stumbled in because she heard Jesus was there. This Pharisee thinking to himself, he must not be who he claims to be, for this is not the kind of behavior of one who claims to be the son of God. Years ago, when we first moved to D.C., we had some friends visiting from Jamaica and they made their way by taxi to our home, but later that evening they asked me if I would I take them back. I said, sure, just give me directions, I'll get you there. This was before MapQuest, this was before the GPS, was it GPS? Thank you, see I don't even have one. The GPS systems, but luckily I was able to follow their directions, got them there, and I thought to myself, well if I can get them there, I can get them back. That's just simple deduction. If I can get them there, I can get them back. But if you've ever driven in D.C., it doesn't work that way because there are a lot of one-way streets in D.C. The the road you take to get somewhere is not always the same road that will get you back. But I decided to try anyway, and I got back two hours later. I finally found 495 to get me back. But before I made it back, I, th- I saw the 495 sign, and I, I, at least I thought I had seen it, and it took me down a road which led me to an alley. And as I pulled into the alley, I knew I was in trouble because it was a dead-end alley. And before I knew it, women of ill repute ran up to my car and began to knock on my window. Now, while all this is going on, I'm thinking to myself, I can see it on the six o'clock news. <laughs> Seventh day Adventist minister, that always comes first. Caught with women of ill repute. And then I was thinking, well, what if, what if one of the saints drove by? Maybe they would think I was giving a Bible study or something. <laughs> but here was Jesus. Claiming to be the son of God and having this woman of ill repute at his feet. 
scripture says that this Pharisee said to himself. In other words, he didn't expose what he was thinking. He didn't even share his conclusion with anyone. Instead, he did what many of us decide to do time after time after time. He passed silent judgment upon Jesus as well as his women. Woman, And that is exactly what many of us still do today. When someone enters a room, immediately we pass silent judgment upon that individual. We don't share it with anyone, but we say to ourselves, he must be, she must be a. And that's exactly what happened here. Let's go to verses 40 to 43 as we continue down this road to forgiveness. Look at what God's word says. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. Jesus said there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii. That was about $57, by the way. And the other 50, that was $5.70. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them what? both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. You're listening to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp and his message, The Road to Forgiveness. And if you're enjoying this message or you'd like to find others like it, you can find out more by visiting simpletruthsforlife.org. We'll conclude with the rest of his message right after this. I'm going to take a moment and just recommend that you breathe. Now, there are all kinds of breathing techniques that you can use. One is count to 10, you know, breathing in, count to 10, breathing out, kind of hold it in the middle, you know, breathing in his grace and breathing out his praise. Whatever you choose, breath is really important. And this time of year, you know, you may have a cold or you may have the flu and it's restricting your breathing. So you know just how important that is. God has given you that breath. In Acts, Paul wrote this, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. And so take a moment and take a deep breath and stay encouraged. To get more encouraging content, go to WGTS919.com. This is Simple Truths for Life and being forgiven should elicit a proper response. Today, Charles Tapp shares what that response should look like when we realize we've all been forgiven. Let's return to the rest of his message, The Road to Forgiveness. The issue that Simon had with Jesus, as I said, was not shared with anyone, but he passed silent judgment. But Christ was able to read his mind, and instead of exposing Simon for the hypocrite that he was, he also gave a message to Simon silently, secretly, through a parable. Because stories are powerful, stories penetrate. So Jesus uses the secretness of a parable to answer the inward question of this Pharisee. And if you look at the parable that Jesus gave, there are at least four lessons that he wanted Simon to learn that are still applicable to us today. 
First of all, Jesus wanted to let Simon know that sin is sin. And although sin is sin, the lesson that Jesus wanted to get across to Simon was this. There are degrees of sin. Stay with me. Look at Luke chapter 12, verse 47 to 48. I'll show you what I'm talking about here. And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with what kind of stripes? Many stripes. But he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with how many? Few. Both punished, but one less severely. For everyone to whom much is what? Given. From him much will be required. And to him whom much has been committed of him, they will ask the more. And the much that Jesus is talking about here is not material things, but he's talking about opportunity. He's talking about knowledge. The more opportunity and the more knowledge you have received to know right from wrong, the greater your sin will be. That's why sin should never be judged simply by the act alone, but rather by the sinner's motive, the sinner's knowledge, the sinner's background, and the circumstances surrounding the sin. And that's why God's word counsels us not to judge one another. Amen? For the Bible says that man looks upon the outward appearance and judges by what he can see. But God looks upon the heart and gets right to the very issue. No sinner... Sin goes unpunished. The next lesson, verse 42, he says, neither of them had money to pay him back. And here's the lesson that Jesus wanted to get across. No sinner, how big, however small his or her sin may be, cannot be repaid by the sinner. Did you hear what I said? None of us can wipe the debt Clean. No amount of works that we can perform can cleanse the sin from our lives. Only Jesus Christ can do that who says amen today. And that's why when we sin, even though the sins may be of varying degrees, God's forgiveness is the same because all of us are in the same boat together. That's why you can't look your nose down at me and I can't look my nose down at you. Because even though you may have a small sin, all the work in the world that you perform will never, never wipe the slate clean. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can do that. Lesson number three. And because neither could repay the debt, the question is asked, what did the money lender do? And it says in verse 42, he forgave the debt of both, not the debt of some or some of the debt, but all the debt of both parties. And that's the way God operates. And because he forgives the debt of all equally, even though the sins may be of varying degrees, that does not mean that our response to the forgiveness should be the same. 
let me demonstrate what I'm talking about. Years ago, I saw Oprah. That's when I was really an Oprah fan. That was back in the day. Things have kind of changed over the years. But they had a show where they invited guests to come on who had no reason understanding why they were invited on that show. I would never accept an invitation like that, especially in today's television. But they went on the show, and the theme of the program was, and you know how Oprah does it, she, she does everything big, I'm going to pay off all your debt. Anybody see that show? As I was sitting there watching, I was thinking to myself, now why couldn't she have called me? They had three individuals who they had spoken to their family members to find out how much each owed. First lady she called up, owed about $10,000. Oprah had a check ready with her name on it, gave it to her, said, here, here's your check. Your debt is paid in full. The woman said, thank you, Oprah. I am, I'm just so happy for all you've done. Oh, that's just so great. Took the check. Gone. Next woman owed about $20,000. Oprah got the check, put it in her hand. She said, oh, thank you, Oprah. Oh, and the tears began to flow. Oh, Oprah. She gave Oprah a big hug. But the next woman took the cake. She owed over $50,000. I'm not talking about mortgage. I'm talking about consumer credit card, everyday run-of-the-mill debt. She came up on the stage, Oprah handed her a check for the amount. This woman took the check. Tears started to flow. Oh, Oprah, thank you. Oh, oh. She started running around the set, jumping up and down, doing a holy dance, if you please. Why? Because she had the greater Don't miss this. Jesus is saying, although our sins are the same from the standpoint that none of us can truly cleanse ourselves, your reaction to being forgiven should not be the same. But the one who has been forgiven more should be more gracious, more appreciative. And in essence, he was condemning Simon. Because think about it, Simon, first of all, was a Pharisee. He knew the law. He was a teacher of the law. So to whom much is given, much is required. So if anyone should have been appreciative of what Jesus had done, this was the man. But Jesus says, listen, when I came into your house, you didn't greet me with a kiss. And that's what men did back in those days. Thank God we don't do that today, at least not in my culture. You didn't wipe my feet. You didn't do anything. But this woman, the sinner, she finds herself at my feet. She has washed my feet with her tears. And you did nothing because you thought your sin was lesser than hers. But here was this woman who didn't know the law, didn't keep the law, but yet she had more thankfulness for the forgiveness that Christ gave her than this Pharisee Simon. And here's the issue I want to share before we close the day. You see, the road to forgiveness begins with us understanding 
that although we may be in need of forgiveness, we will never receive it unless we're willing to forgive others. Did you hear what I just said? For at the heart of Jesus' prayer, the Lord's prayer, Father, forgive our debts as what? We forgive others. So if you're not willing to forgive, then you will not receive that same forgiveness from God. But look at this. Although the road to forgiveness begins there, it ends at the best place we could ever find ourselves, and that is at the very feet of Jesus. Who says amen today? You see, today we're more concerned with getting justice than granting forgiveness. We're more concerned with getting revenge than extending God's grace. As I thought about it this morning, I believe that one of the reasons why instead of just forgiving someone, or as my mother used to say all the time, Antoine, that's my middle name, don't use it. She used to tell me all the time, well, just just put them in, in Jesus' hands because my mom was the kind of person, regardless of what anyone would do to her, it would never bother her. She would just always say, well, I've put them in God's hands, baby. They're in God's hands. But guess what? We don't want to put people in God's hands sometimes. But do you know why? Because God may do something crazy like forgive them. And we don't want God to forgive them. We want God to punish them until we're the offender. And when we're the offender, then we want all of God's grace that he has in store. But the road to forgiveness begins when we're willing to give same. But the road of forgiveness always ends and should always find us at the feet of the greatest forgiver. And that is Jesus Christ. Amen. Colossians chapter 3. Verse 12 and 13. Look at this. Therefore, as God's chosen people, that's us, holy and dearly love, clothe yourselves with what? Compassion, with what? Kindness, with humility, gentleness, and what? Patience. But it doesn't end there. Bear with each other and do what? Forgive some grievances. Forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as what? As the Lord forgave you. It didn't say go seek justice. You know, we're driven by that today. It's got to be justice, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. It didn't even say try to get revenge, for the Lord says vengeance is mine. What it does say is forgive. Forgive. For when we're willing to do that, we will always find ourselves at the feet of Jesus, receiving his love, receiving his grace, but most of all, receiving his forgiveness. 
Is there anyone today who needs forgiveness of God? We all do. Which means each of us has to be willing to do the same. Not just love much, not just give much, but we need to forgive much. In other words, as my mother used to say, placing them in God's hands. And when we place others in the hands of God, it places us at the feet of Jesus. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed this morning. Father God, we're all in the same boat, regardless of our sin. But none of us can walk and wash the slate clean. None of us, oh God, can make ourselves white as snow. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can do that. But Lord, although our sins are in varied degrees, your forgiveness is not. So our response doesn't need to be as well. But to whom much is given, much will be required. If we've been given much, we should be able to forgive much. You've been listening to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp and his message, The Road to Forgiveness. And if you want to listen again or share it with someone, you can find these messages on platforms like Apple Podcasts and now also on Spotify. Or visit us online at simpletruthsforlife.org. Now here's what we're working on for next week. But sometimes the things that we want, even though they may be good things, if we have those things, it may cause us to turn our backs on God. That's a sample of what you'll hear next week as Charles Tepp continues with part two of this series, On the Road Again, with his message, The Road to Contentment. Well, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll plan to join us again next week for more Simple Truths for Life.